When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> Well, I'd like to know if I was married to a whore piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My. Her special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. This is why I drink. We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are and, you know, we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice and they go from there and then call us back later. But the key is, is that they don't know all their rights or they're not told all their rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding, uh, so they can help themselves and their families as best they can. And the number is? Is 800-770-7008. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean, Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Everybody, to yet another episode of the best of the Tom Bernard podcast, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Kicking off the show this week, we had the legend himself, Carl Eller, on the program, talking about Viking football. What else? Next on the best of. everybody a question isn't that like the whitest cheer you've ever heard in your life <laughs> well they were vikings yeah and the, well, I, this, that was probably recorded in like 1930 no I, how old is that melina well you would think what, 1961 somewhere like, around i don't know we can we can ask carl eller maybe he knows when that song came out but that was like that was like as norwegian as you can get right there but i suppose they are vikings that's true yeah mr eller how are you Hey, I'm great, Tom. How are you? Fantastic talking to you again, as always. And I tell you what, what an honor to have you on just a couple of days before the fellas take the field against the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, it's just to hear what you have to say about this game is, is going to be incredible. Everyone's nervous. Well, I think they should be. You know, this is a championship <laughs> game, but, uh, you know, I, I'm really totally behind the Vikings. I think they are really the team uh, this year, and they're playing great. They have a lot of reasons to be confident about going into Philadelphia, and uh, I think they'll do the job over there. 
You know what's so amazing, Carl, is there, there actually is a national story. And this is national. Matter, matter right. of fact, I, I was sent a, uh, a comment from a newspaper, a friend of mine who lives in Toronto, Canada, uh, that Minnesota Viking fans are being warned uh, of the dangers of going into uh, the stadium in Philadelphia because the fans are so crazy. Well, I, I I know the fans are crazy here. You know, I mean that that stadium was just—I've never ever seen any place like that. That the way it was on the on Sunday here at the, at the Saints game. I mean, it was wild with flags waving, people yelling. It, it was an incredible event to to be there. But I don't think we should fear the fans. You know, it's the eleven guys on the field across from you that you got to worry about, and uh, and I think we really match up well with those guys. I'm sure that Zimmer will try to quiet the fans by you know doing something, uh, getting them getting some points on the board, you know, or stopping those guys from getting any any significant gains or or scoring and stuff like that. That'll kind of control the crowd. Carl, you were there over and over again when I was, uh, well, the Vikings came to town when I was nine years old. They were, I shouldn't say they came to town, they were they were developed as a brand new team when I was nine years old. I've been a fan since then. I've been through a, a lot of NFC championship games with the Minnesota Vikings, been through four su- Super Bowls with the Vikings. But to watch you and, and the, the whole Viking squad for every one of those games was such a thrill for me. It uh when 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 Diggs caught that ball from Case Keenum on Sunday, all of that came flooding back. I could I could picture you and Alan Page, and I mean it all came flooding back into my brain. All of those years, I thought you were going to have a heart attack. Yeah, well, Catherine, yeah, my wife thought I was going to have a heart attack. And I'm you know I'm you and I are pretty close in age, I think. So I'm, I might be getting a little on to be uh, getting so excited about a football game. But you know, it's Minnesota's identity. I've often said I've been in, uh, I've been at KQRS now for 32 years, and and I was asked by a national uh, uh, publication in a national interview, "Do you have any competition in Minnesota for your morning show?" And I said, "The only thing that competes with the morning show is the Minnesota Vikings because the Minnesota Vikings own the state of Minnesota." Don't you think that's true? Well, you know, we've always had great fan support, you know, and 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 I can understand. Uh, their 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 feelings, their apprehensions, <laughs> their cautiousness, or whatever. But what what I want to explain to people is is that those were great years when I played with the Minnesota Vikings, the Purple People Eater years, the Bud Grant years. We were in the playoffs, we were in the championships, and we were in the Super Bowls. And I think people kind of I don't think they forget that. But 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 I think that they don't realize what a tremendous accomplishment that was, and what and what a what a journey. I mean, how agonizing it is for us as players not to be able to deliver. But that's just the facts. I mean, that's just what happened. It wasn't it wasn't like we were a bad team. We were a great team. We were a great unit. We were one of the greatest defenses, you know, of all times, and we really dominated that entire decade of the seventies of of being in the Super Bowl. It was like the Minnesota Vikings, and that's where our history is. So that's something that Minnesotans have to really be proud of because, for one thing, it's taken 50-some years, and we haven't gotten back there until maybe the next week or two. And so you have to look at that. Where has the Vikings been? There have been good teams. They've been close, but they haven't gotten back there. So I think the the, the the fans should really look on those days as really tremendously exciting and, and, and fantastic days. Which I do, and we do. I guarantee that. The callers into the KQ Morning Show on Monday morning were just terrific. I uh, told a story, as a matter of fact. I haven't told, told this story on this, uh, this show yet. But in 1976, I believe it was, uh, the very first... The very first preseason game. Now, everybody has to remember, this was a preseason game. The Vikings were playing the Miami Dolphins, and I believe it was 76 was the year. And back then, if you didn't sell the game out, it was blacked out on local television. That's uh, been a long time since that's been happening, but uh, <laughs> the game was blacked out on local television. So my friend, the dog, and, uh, and I, and uh, three of my younger brothers hopped in a car 
And you had to go, I think, 75 miles or 100 miles out of town before you could actually see the game. Every place we stopped was packed. We couldn't get in. Now, this is for a preseason game, the very first preseason game of the year. We drove to Fergus Falls, which is almost 200 miles away, to watch a Viking preseason game that didn't really mean anything. That's how big of fans we were. We are. Not were. We are. Yeah, you, we, yeah, you are, and that's great. And, and and I'll tell you, you know, all the guys love that. I mean, we feel a, a, a you know, a, a close association and a dedication to the fans. And uh, and let me just kind of explain. I think that, boy, we I say we because I feel still part of this team, you know, and and and, oh, and yeah. we want so much to bring that trophy home for the fans. That's that's really what it's all about. And and until we deliver that, you know, it's going it's just going to be that thing out there whatever it is but we're trying we're dedicated to doing that and we will do that you know we will we will definitely bring that trophy home and uh, and now is a good time to even think about that to talk about that because we are very 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 close you know so uh, and 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 we're going to do it just just believe in us and have faith in us and have confidence in us this is uh, the Vikings are a great team. They have been, and uh, and we we owe it to the fans. That's that's on us. You know, it's not like we're thinking like we don't care. We're going to walk away. We are still. It's a debt that I think that we have to pay to our fans, and 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 we're going to do that. And 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 I feel that, and I know all the players. You know, Marshall, Page, Tarkenton. You know, Hillebrand. You know, Tinglehoff, even guys that people don't know. I mean, that's part of our part of our destiny to, to bring that trophy home. You know, it's interesting because uh, at the very beginning of my uh, my tenure at, at KQRS, and by the way, when you went with about five varies there, it made me nervous. Very, 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 very close. <laughs> very, 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 yes. <laughs> so, so I'm a huge fan, Viking fan my whole life, and then I get this job at KQRS, and luckily for me, the the, the listeners have been just terrific. But as I, I, I met you, and I met Fran Tarkenton, and Chuck Foreman is one of my favorite people in the world, uh, meeting all you guys, it was, what a thrill for me. And now... Three decades, uh, three and a half decades later, to sit on uh, on this show with my family. My wife is here, our son is here, uh, and Mike Molina, our very close friend of the family, to sit and be able to talk to you about what's going to go on with the Minnesota Vikings in just about fifty three hours. The way it looks at on my clock, it's about fifty three hours from now. Not that I'm paying close attention no, or anything, Carl. All. <laughs> it's just such a thrill to. Uh, and that's why, to tell you the truth, I, I stayed in Minnesota. Can, you know, and I never left. You know, as soon as you said, um, we have to believe in you and have faith in you, I felt a little ashamed. <laughs> because I'm always so worried about watching the second half with the Vikings. Um, what do you think was, what do you think is the problem with our second half usually in a game? And what do you think is going to change about next, this weekend? To win it well, uh, one of the things, if we go back to the game on on Sunday, you know there were a couple things that really happened during that game, and generally uh, teams go into the locker room and they and they make changes, you know they kind of you know come up what's working, what's not working, so you know i, I we started with a good game plan and 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 that worked, and then the saints mm-hmm. go and they kind of adjust to what we're doing, we're trying to adjust our game plan too and and so um you know they come back a little stronger because in a game like this they know it's like 30 minutes or or they got to win or go home so they have to put it together so they come back with a real strong determination also a block punt i mean when have you seen a block punt that's not part <laughs> of, the, of the thing you know what i mean and that, that, that an, really that changes the momentum it changes like everything mm. and and that is like you just don't expect that. So that was totally on the Vikings' part, you know, a letdown, a breakdown, or something. And yeah. the, and the and the Saints had the breaks in the in the second half. And generally, teams yeah. or games will go like that. It'll go one way, you know, and then it'll swing the other way. 
a lot of times that's emotional, and, and then the other times it, it may be physical. Team may be worn down or on the field for a long time or just just lucky break. The ball does bounce both ways, and so uh, it, it, it's, you have to stay in there. That second half, you have to stay in there and stay energized and motivated. And, uh, you know, towards the, towards the end of the game, before this, in the fourth quarter, you know, we're we're sitting around and we're watching the game, and I could see, I could see the moment. It was kind of like you watch the the gas tank, the needle on the gas tank go down after you're driving, yeah. like the Fergus Falls or something. <laughs> you know, you watch the gas <laughs> <Exactly>. tank. <laughs> you know, we we have enough gas, and then and then right. so 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 like I'm feeling, uh uh-uh, uh, man, this is not this is not good. So I personally. Just really got motivated and going like, man, I'm going to really pump it up here. And typically, I just go and sit and watch the game, you know. But I got really pumped up, and, and I'm going like, hey, man, we're going to win. We're going to win. And I started to really get what animated, and uh, and it turned out that we, you know, we did come back, and it was it was kind mm-hmm. of, I mean, I don't want to rehash the game. It it was like. It was tormenting almost to watch it, you know, because as the clock ticks <laughs> down, you know, you go like, yeah. we don't have many, we don't have many chances here. And so, like, just before the last play, I'm going like, <laughs> man, this is like, we, this is the only play we have. We don't have any timeouts. You know, there's no, yeah. there's no tomorrow. You know, this is it. This is right. like the play with 10 seconds and we don't have timeouts. I know you think like, okay. We want to throw the ball, catch the ball, and get out of bounds. But that is like, that is super heroic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay, everything's got to go. Everything's got to work. So the play that actually happened, I know people look at that, but that was like the best scenario. You got to score. You really have to score on this play. You know, there's not another play. You can't like go <laughs> throw the ball, get out of bounds, and then let's go kick a field goal. That's the dynamics of that are too fantastic you know what i mean yeah. mm-hmm. so the yeah. play that happened really was the only play that we had and and uh, <laughs> and, and and it just happened and and uh, uh, you know the players keenum you know those guys that were in there on the field i think that they knew what they had to do and so did uh, so did dick he had to, he had to score and it's not like he he had a consciousness of mind. Okay, I have the ball. I'm not out of bounds. There's the goal line ahead. That's what I'm going to do. This is kind of one of those things that I think that people that don't really get in those situations have a hard time understanding the consciousness yeah. that's going on in a player's mind. But no. it was a fantastic play. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Coming up next, we had reactions to last week's spectacular walk-off touchdown. The day after, next. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. We're so excited that we just can't hide it. And for once, Tevin chose the right team instead of being a Packers <laughs> fan, just because he's from Osceola, Wisconsin. I'm telling you, it's all because of the boat luck. Ugh. The posting of the boat. Yeah, Catherine and I were out of town. She took a picture of me by a by a purple and gold boat. And at she, a car show. There was at, no reason for this show, boat yeah. to be there. That's right. It was at a car <laughs> show. So I'm like, look at that. It's just a magical boat. And sure enough. Uh. Does everybody do exactly what you did yesterday? Just repeat it on Sunday. I know. I'll, I'll be posting the, that's what we'll do. the boat yep. pick, the magic boat. A lot of people think it was fixed, you know. What? Oh, yeah. A lot of people are saying that game was fixed. There's no way a defensive back does what that defensive back did. He did it on purpose. He got paid off. It was fixed. Oh. Damn, that feel good. I don't know. You know, they got it to be the if they win at Philadelphia... 
I hate the effing Eagles, man. <laughs> um, we we were playing that all morning from the Big Lebowski, of course, which I love. What was amazing to me is that our QB drove me crazy in the last moments. He redeemed himself big yep. time. Well, I, 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 mean, I was I, ready yeah. to hate him forever. Oh. <laughs> that quack and duck that he threw up at yes. the, top oh, yeah. the beginning of the second half. Yeah, what, what are you was doing? that? It was uh, a please don't tackle me throw. Yeah. Uh, uh, sad. I came close today. I would have been shopping for a new TV. I mean, it was. <laughs> I almost busted it. Yep. Yeah. You know, I think that I think he does better under pressure. Who? Molina? No. no way. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Casey Kasem. Yeah, Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem does much better under pressure. Here's I think I, we'll I think there was a lot of pressure on him the first half. You know? Yep. And 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 then they got complacent the second half and then he was like, Oh my god, I blew it. I'd better do something and so then the pressure was on him big time and then he made that amazing pass. Exactly. Can you imagine being in the huddle with him? What? You run a post route, I'll dump it off to the short guy, and we'll score a touchdown. And then we'll all listen to music. And we'll all listen to this from 1972, number one. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be really good. Uh, I love the fact that Stefan Diggs actually started crying. Yep. I know. He's being interviewed, and he started crying, which was great. Well, everybody was crying. Yes. Yeah. There, yeah, yeah we had both... We, yeah, we were both like, oh, well, that's it. Why are we even watching it? We should just turn it off. Don't even watch it. And it was like, yeah, what was it, 10 seconds left? Uh, yep. 10 seconds. No, and it's great because, I mean, it's three degrees, and it's supposed to be even colder tomorrow, but nobody cares. Everybody no. is in such a good mood a, when you no, walk around. 75 and sunny out yeah. right now. You have a warm heart now. Yep. It's really amazing because we had tons of calls. That said, uh, literally, we took phone calls for four and a half hours this morning on the KQ Morning <laughs> Show, and everybody said the same thing, and I felt the same way. Elated but really worn out. That, yep. that game took a ton <laughs> yeah. out of you. Well, yeah, it had we all the roller so coaster amazing. of being a Vikings fan. Yeah. Oh. Yep. yep, as usual. Um, I tell you what, what happened to Deadspin, by the way? Somebody sent me a, a, a link to Dead. Oh, it was Doc, uh, I believe it was Doc Ketchmark sent me a, a, connect, a link to uh, Deadspin. And do they have to put the F-bomb in every story they do now? A lot of websites think that makes them look super cool, uh, swearing all the time. Yeah, literally every story they put up has the F-bomb in it. Yeah, it Bill Simmons really is an effing embarrassment. Athletes want to be disruptors now, and it's the effing worst. Every story has the F-bomb in it. And did somebody really say on a broadcast station, holy effing S, that really happened? Probably not on a broadcast station. Well, there's a, I say there's an article that has that as the title. For, well, about the Vikings game. Yeah, that's what he's looking at right now. That's it's funny because right you know I live I live over in Little Mexico, and uh, did you guys hear it in Spanish? I did. Yes. Yeah. Oh. I did hear the call. <laughs> Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota. Capulencia acomoda, manda el pase por derecha, completo, completo y se va, se va. Zona de rotación, el Deportivo, todo Minnesota, todo Minnesota, todo Minnesota, Minnesota, todo Minnesota, todo Minnesota. Was he I saying Sava Sava? He was saying Sava Sava. Oh, because in French is like, uh, is okay? You like say, hi, how are you today? And you go, Sava, and they go, we oui, Sava. So it's like, I'm good? Or so much be, it's good in Spanish. Well, Spanish, and when I was taking Spanish and I was at my most fluent, I could p- basically read French. Yeah, oh, it's so, very close. They're so yeah, incredibly very, similar. Well, most of the Romance languages you yes, can pick up. Yes, they certainly are. There you have it. I did love the fact that Fox had to show every missed kick over the past 20 years by right. the Minnesota Vikings. Well, we've had some doozies. Mm-hmm. They had to show every one We had one a doozy last night. Here's something that never worked. Let's see if it doesn't work again. <laughs> did you guys think... Hey, did you guys think that the, the booth up at Fo- the, the Fox guys, Joe Buck and uh, Troy Craig Aikman. Gowdy or whatever the hell, Troy Aikman, <laughs> you know, whatever the hell his name is, they were so pro-New Orleans it was disgusting. Really? I didn't think so. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, I think they're uh, yeah, the Drew Brees, uh, Sean Payton. They definitely have a crush on, on that combo for the Saints. Yeah, they do. Oh, I they didn't really notice. Do. Of course, I'd only listened about half of what they're saying. So I they, mean, I am a total Fairweather fan. Especially yeah. the Vikings, because the Vikings are so irritating to me because they they always play great in the first half, 
they look amazing, and then they all, all almost always for years have fallen apart in the second. And I'm like, I know you can play. What happens to you guys? <laughs> it's just too frustrating. I can't love them because of that. Andy, what did you think when you were watching the game? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah. even have the means to watch the game. <clears throat> you could watch it online. You, you can, can come over. You can watch it online. You could come over <laughs> here and watch it. We watch it. Your mom and I watch. You it. could I'm go to one of the eight million sports bars. Five I'm surprised from your they house. would uh, let you watch it online, given how much money that brings in for those networks. You probably have to. Do you have to pay to watch it online, like an NFL mm, yeah. channel? Yeah, you do actually. Yeah. Mm. You absolutely do. I uh, do know that um, the. What the hell is MLB? They have a. Well, I, don't, I don't know if it's like actually the MLB, but the, um, when there's a game on, like a major game, there's a website that basically, it's like a, um, like almost like a cartoon representation is, of yeah. the game, it is, and yep. it shows where the pitch came in, where they swung, um, <laughs> if they got to a base. You could watch the entire game like that. Yeah, it's very. Uh, uh. It was sleek. That actually cool. is on MLB.com. You can go on MLB.com and watch that. Have you guys looked at any Most of the definitely. YouTube videos yet of uh, fans' no. reactions? Oh, yeah. there, there's some no. classic. I, I saw a Saints fan <laughs> throw a 65-inch TV yeah. off like the second yep. story oh, apartment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just chucks it. <laughs> <laughs> he his wife in the background like, no, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> oh, they must have gotten so oh. smug. Oh, yeah. They were like, I mean, they were all smiling and high fiving, mm-hmm. like they had the game in the bag. It's yeah. like, no, and, you don't. And the Saints, I, I, I thought they did. The Saints' Twitter tweeted out, "Got him!" Like right yep. before the ah! game ended, before the last play, Whoops. and then they had to take it down. Well, I, I thought they did. I thought they had us too. Yeah, but you don't want to ever put that up before never the game is over. Prematurely celebrate ever. Uh, it makes you look like the biggest moron in the world. <laughs> I love Lastman's story about going to the bathroom. He came back, and there was a guy from New Orleans. He said it was about 25 years old, but he sounded just like Foghorn Leghorn. Guy from New Orleans hitting on his girlfriend. Oh, yeah. People from New Orleans, their accent is, like, so thick and weird. Yeah. Son, I say son. I didn't yeah. know she was your girlfriend, son. It's hilarious. Yeah, well, son, you got your ass kicked, son. Uh, too bad there, son. So what do you think next week? What do you think? I, I I hate to pick a winner because it, you look like such a fool, but I'm sorry. It I know we're on the road, and I know it's outdoors, and I know the field conditions won't be very good, but I just don't see our defense letting up like they did in the second half. They took the, no. the foot off the gas Why in the second half. Why did they half. do that? I don't know. What happens to them? Oh, we're not going to blitz anymore. Why? Yep. You didn't, did, did they get anywhere near Drew Brees the second half? No. Well, then I mean, that, was that hit on Sandejo, though, too, I was just like, oh, come on. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah watching him lay there yep. motionless was, was terrifying. Oh, yeah, that was bad. Yeah, especially if they just, you know, did, did the entire uh, bit on Shazier on, yeah. uh, on CBS, because Shazier, is, obviously, he was laying there and he said, I can't move my legs. I don't know what's wrong, but I can't move my legs. Mm-hmm. That Shazier story is incredible, since he's a hell of a, a, hell of a character. I mean, by that, I mean he's got great character. He's dealing with it very, very well. But, yeah, when anybody's laying on the field not moving, I, whoa. It's so scary. I, they, I just saw something on, I think it was a Twitter feed, that said they've just passed, like, 47 new safety deals for the players that they can't do, like, 47 things now. Or 47 something. things in the NFL? Yeah. Do you know what? They were talking about? I have no idea. Yeah. Well, in a way, it kind of actually helped us, though, yesterday, because, I mean, what's-his-face, the safety, screwed it all up. I mean, five, ten years ago, he he would have hit him and got the pass interference, and, I mean, there probably would have been no time left on the clock, and we saw what Forbath is capable of when it comes to kicking field goals. I mean, or not. Yeah, or not. So. Exactly. I know, that's so nerve-wracking now when yeah. they kick. It's like, ugh, it used to be kind of like a sure thing, kind of. Yeah, I think well, we're just yeah, it was. the history that we have with kickers yes. in playoff games. Uh, I don't want to see any God, field goals uh, kick to win a like game. Go for two. <laughs> yeah, I did not want to see him try to kick that field goal <laughs> since he already missed one yeah. just before the half. That would have yeah. put us almost three <laughs> touchdowns up, but he missed it, of course. Huh. Wide left. Uh, I don't know. Huh. I, I, I have a question for Melina and Tevin too. Yeah. You're you're like a big hardcore oh, yeah. Bikes fan, right? Yep, I've cried. Okay. 
How does this make you feel going into next week? Like, are you just so nervous you can't even stand it, or are you just really confident? Oh, I'm nervous. Yeah, and, yep. Yeah, definitely just, nervous. I wish yeah. the game was today. Like, I yeah. wish we just get it over with. But I think well, we got a good yep. shot at if winning. If Kostaki Spalkins, if Julio Jones makes uh, that catch, God, I'm just like, come on! How did he not make that catch? Yeah. And look how bad the Falcons were last year. The Falcons went to the Super Bowl last year. No. Yes, they did. The, the uh, year before. The year before. You, I'm assuming you mean when they made that horrible play. Well, the, well, I mean, they were in the Super Bowl, but they still made that play that was... Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah they, they, the, most obvious, uh, the most obvious indicator of game fixing I've ever seen. Oh, Andy. Andy's calling them out, saying they're all, they're all cheat. Well, I mean, why else would you make... I don't know anything about football, and I know that was a bad play. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, you'd think a t- uh, coach who's been coaching for however many years and is being, being yeah. paid however many millions of dollars to know what he's doing usually, would think. Yeah, aren't they usually coaching for 20 years before they can even be an NFL coach? No. That's a good question. Like what the uh, youngest NFL coach is. Sean, Sean McVay. McVay. He's, he's like, like 30. 31. Yeah. He's 31. He's only 31? That's, I mean, that's... If he's been coaching since he was 21, somehow, then well, he probably that makes has sense. Play, we probably played till he's 21, and then started coaching at 21 or 22. And yeah, head coaches, head yeah, coach, coach 31 is very young. Yeah, yes, it is. Sean McVay. Let's see here. Look up Mike McVay. He's my boss at Cumulus. <laughs> Timothy McVay. <laughs> Timothy McVay. Yeah, let's, get, uh, let's see if he's gonna bomb. Yes, he yeah. has been coaching for 10 years. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, that's still you know that's 10 still, years of yeah. experience is a he's, good amount. He's risen fast. Well, he's a good coach, apparently. Well, I see that uh, Mike Malarkey lost his job again, my pal. He's a, such a nice guy. I wish he could hold down the fort because he's a really, really good guy, but he just can't seem to... Wait, I thought he was dead. Mike Mike Malarkey? Isn't that the character from, for... Um, isn't that the character name? Someone had a character name like that. Mike Malarkey? On what? On radio. Mike what? Malarkey? Yeah, what was his name? God, I have no idea. It was something, I swear to God, it you was something think of like it that. And let us know. I think, I, I have a feeling the chat is going to know what I'm talking about. The chat might know. That is true. Of course, on this show, like every other show, we invite your calls to uh, comment on the game. But Speaking honestly, of calls, we have Tim. Oh, you do have Tim. Tim, what's happening? I'm calling. Go Vikes. <laughs> Did you watch the whole game? You know what? I'm going to be totally honest with you. I thought, okay, the curse is upon us again. I was working at the time so i thought you know what why be distracted with this it's only going to bum me out so i monitored it online so i didn't oh, see god. the actual touchdown but i clicked over to nfl.com and i thought oh my god this is unbelievable it, it so, was yeah, a beauty the last time i well i was taping the game though so i you know just went and put it back on um you know you were talking earlier about how long it takes coaches if i am not mistaken Doug Peterson, who coaches the Eagles, was coaching high school football 10 years ago, if I am not mistaken. I know one of the uh, head coaches this year, maybe it's McVay, maybe it's Peterson, but I'm pretty sure one of them, it was only 10 years. I mean, imagine that. 10 years as a high school coach, and all of a sudden you're in the NFC Championship game? I don't know. And hopefully you're going to lose. Hopefully you'll lose, you know. Exactly. So, you know what I love about this whole thing, and and I don't know if you feel the same way, but this whole underdog narrative, I'm talking about the Adam Thielens of the world, I'm talking about the undrafted, unwanted Case Keenum, it doesn't get any better than that. It just doesn't get any better than, you know what, just stay true to yourself, and, you know, you're going to get there, man. It's just amazing to me that that has played out. I mean, because... You know, he looked shaky early on in the season, but, boy, did he settle in. And once he did, there was no stopping him. It was just amazing. I, and I like love it. that story. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. I love that story. <laughs> that was just a small section of the emotions from that game on Sunday. Coming up next, closing out the show, we're opening up the, oh, oh, all the way back 
to episode number 221 with Matt Burke. Next on The Best Of... Our special guest today, Matt Burke. We're going to be talking about a lot of different things, but she she tells me uh, you're getting for Father's Day you're getting a new grill. And I said, oh, because I don't grill. I don't. I don't he know eats grilled grill. foods, he however, grilled foods. but I love she grilled. grills yes, for yes, him. That's true. So that you, did that's you meet everybody already, Matt? Yes. I did. Okay. I did. Yes. Lovely. Um, Everybody's lovely. They are very, <laughs> except, <laughs> except for me. Everybody else in the family is lovely except for me. But. Um, she said, okay, so you're getting a grill for, for Father's Day. I said, oh, yeah, that's good. So she has the grill delivered, and they refused to bring it back to the back of the house. They left it in the front of the house in the driveway. Right in the middle. Right yeah. in the middle. That's your right f- right $56 exactly right. delivery charge. Thank you. Yes. So <laughs> guess who gets to carry the grill around the back of the house? Dan Rasmussen. And me. <laughs> and you. Okay. And also you. Now he's taking the the reason we're getting a new grill, by the way, we have this this grill that weighs about seven thousand pounds. <clears throat> but a mouse was in it over the winter. Um I had the same thing. So it doesn't oh yeah, same thing? Did you just burn yours to the ground? No, no. Actually my dad came over, cleaned it out, and then uh onions and vinegar. Really? He read it on the internet. What do you it must be true. What do you mean? After you cleaned it out, I put onions and vinegar in there to get uh Disinfect the smell. There was a little bit of yeah, a smell. So gross. And they did it yesterday, so we'll see. I'll let you know. All I'll right. come back well, and let you know. it's too late now. I just got a new grill. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's too late now. Now the grill belongs to Dan Rasmussen, Yay. Alex's boyfriend. Boy, he I, gets a fancy new grill. And you know what he did with the other one that we hadn't used in like what? eight years? He dropped it in North Minneapolis. He, he brought it through North yeah. Minneapolis and just gave it to some guys on the sidewalk. That's what he told And they opened it up and there was a dead mouse in there, oh my too. God. Oh, really? <laughs> and wow. they, they just flung the mouse out and went, ha, 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 and took the grill. I'm so, like, yeah, he just found some, like, Mexican guy walking on the street. And he's like, do you want a free grill? And the guy's like, does it work? And he's like, yeah. And so he brought, like, really five work. friends and they... <laughs> I'm not doing small repairs on a <laughs> yeah. grill. I'm like, tell. they took a mouse grill. Because like not everyone that. thinks because there's a mouse near it, it's broken forever and it you is. have to get rid of it. It smells. Have you ever felt pressure, though, being a man that you need to grill? I mean, it's kind of no, like no, a no, manly no. thing. It's, not it's at not all. A, you just you fought the urge. He doesn't feel man pressure. <laughs> don't exactly. give into pressure. I suck no. at cooking. I'm really, I can make Italian food. That's it. I can't do anything. Well, you're doing it right then. We can I, boil noodles, <laughs> is what he's saying. Well, and oh, put some marinara in a Thank you. Pot. Well, yeah, well, that's you Italian food. You do a great food, right? job, Dad. Oh, by the a way, great uh, job. I am amazed that Alex is sitting still because there is no bigger hey. Viking fan on earth Andy. than Alex. Oh, well, I don't play for the Vikings. So when so you, yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's, you why. Did. <laughs> that's why I don't care. At one point, <laughs> you were wasting away playing for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. You kept the no purple success. team going, though, between what? Curtain, the Vikings, and... Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, Baltimore. I look good in purple. That's, what it is. <laughs> That's the whole <laughs> point. I mean, any color, really. <laughs> well, in Harvard, uh, you know, it's a different deal there. But yeah, she, <laughs> it's a lot of different deals. Yeah, are they red? Are they crimson? That's crimson. Yeah, please don't. Like Actually, the, the true story, not interesting, but true. Way back <laughs> when, like a hundred years, two hundred years ago, they were trying to decide, and it was down. Uh, honestly, God, crimson or magenta. So, so they put it up to a vote <laughs> to the student body, and they came up with crimson. So at least, I mean, if, if those are the two choices, crimson's the choice. Oh, they they, yes, they yes. voted correctly, but uh, Good job. the fact that magenta made it to the final two is a bit concerning. Magenta. What color is magenta? I don't even. It's know. like Crimson. it's like a lipstick. It's like uh, it's like on that bag there, that yeah, stripe. Like oh, pink. that's magenta. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Okay. It's like pinkish purple. Pinkish yeah. purple. Yeah. I uh, I have a thing going with Harvard now because uh, Alex's boyfriend Dan's father went to Harvard Medical School. You have a thing. He was a he, got a thing. He was a what a neurosurgeon. <laughs> Whatever that means. Yes. He yeah, was one a time neurosurgeon. Now he's a he was a very smart guy. Now he's a doctor of internal medicine. But I also have a friend that teaches there. So now when any, for anybody he teaches architecture, and for anybody who brings up Harvard, he go, oh God. Most overrated college, in the no, place. Doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Well, they, I, that, but you know, just to roast on on Dan and my friend, I just I have no basis for that, well, except for they did let Jesse teach there. They let Jesse teach there. They let me in, which just shows <laughs> that they, 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 they make in. mistakes just like everybody else. You know. Well, are so, you a legacy? 
No, kid. No, 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 no. My family, no. No? Uh, no, we didn't know. When, when, when they called and said, uh, you know, we're kind of interested in recruiting you to play football and go to school here, we had, we looked, had to look on the map to see where Cambridge was. Mm-hmm. And Massachusetts, yeah. we had no idea. We, you know, we're all, <laughs> yeah. we're lifetime Minnesotans. We didn't think life existed outside of right. Oh, you're right. Huh. This is very true. So I've spoken to Matt. This is the third time we've spoken. And the second time he's actually ah. been sober. <laughs> oh, oh man! Little he was nice problem. enough. Oh, uh, oh, she jumps right to that. <laughs> well, it, ah. it wasn't that early. It was eight o'clock. <laughs> it was eight o'clock. Well, you had been. You hadn't been in bed yet. No. Well, and, because you had just won the Super Bowl. Oh How, well. Who lined that up? That you you, call, you talked to us like the day after the Super Bowl. How'd you line? How'd that get lined up? I was. I was, was walking through the lobby of the uh, of the. Hotel, and we'd want, and I had, I had to do. You have end of the year physicals mm-hmm. in the NFL. You know, mm-hmm. that's when they show the pictures of the guys cleaning out their lockers. Right, and, right. Well, so for the Super Bowl, they knew no matter what happened, win or lose, guys were just going to scatter, and so you know, a, they have to get their end of the year physicals done. Right. It's a liability issue, so they scheduled physicals for starting at seven a.m. after the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, okay. And I said, well, win or lose, I'm probably not going to bed, so I'll take the seven a.m. slot. <laughs> and well, there uh, you go. I was going through the lobby to get a to get a coffee to go to my to go to my end of the year physical and there was a radio station there from Baltimore, you know, I I did them and then there was ESPN was there, I did that by phone and so I was then I was like up and I was going and Sandy texted me and Sandy. You know, I grew up on Sandy. I mean Yeah, I guys, heard that already bad. Did you hear what Matt did, said to me? Say? No. This is a true story. The day after the Super Bowl. You're not making it up right he now. He said I'm not making it up. Okay. He said, you know, I got to tell you, I think it was junior high school, too, you were talking about. It was definitely <laughs> high school. But it was high school. But he said, yeah, I used to listen to this show. Tom, I got to tell you, I used to listen to this show every day while I was walking to school. And I said, oh, that's that's really nice. He goes, yeah, but I went to school a long time ago. <laughs> it wasn't that long. That's a compliment. Yeah. It was like 20 years, though. You've got staying power. Staying, yeah, yeah, staying you power. Have staying but it was 20 power. years ago. I graduated in 94, yeah. So that's yeah, this one. It's be 24 years. 20 years next year. Jeez. 20 years. And well, I've been there. This is our 28th year now. Like, huh. This is unbelievable. Uh, that's what they call a good run. Yes. It is. It's been a good run. But you, <laughs> you were in the league. What, 14 years or 13? 15. 15? You came out when you were 21? Yeah, I just turned tw- I just turned 22 when I went to training camp, yeah. Oh, you did? I'm one of those late birthdays, you know. <laughs> but, see, is that good in football or bad? Well, it's supposed to be bad. It's supposed you know? to be bad, like, yeah, exactly. Like, have you read the book The Outliers? Yeah, You know, absolutely. with the hockey team? So, I, so that's why, you know, obviously there's a lot of chance involved in mm-hmm. success. Not a lot, but there is some. But uh, no, I was I was always the young, you know, last to get my license in my mm-hmm. class and all mm-hmm. that, but. Um, Why is it bad for football? I well, didn't watch the Outliers. It's just for uh, I'm not watch it to read. It's a read. Or read it. I, no, I, don't watch I get books on tape. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, uh, I do. It, it, it talks about like, <laughs> like when when you're young. A lot of the kids that were picked for the elite teams, it's because their birthdays are early in the year, so they're right. a little bit older. Oh. It's, more developed. That's okay. yeah, it's, it's some guy made a boatload of money writing that book, and I don't know. Malcolm Gladwell. Yeah. Yep. Writes great books. He does. Well, it's the same thing with thoroughbreds. They're all their birthdays are on January first. The racehorses. Oh, same, same so concept. you want them, yeah, as early as possible. Mm-hmm. Right? So when's your birthday? July twenty third. Well, it's not that late. Well, it's yeah, not July August. Those were November good. because I started school when I was four because of when I was born. Now they wouldn't let me start till I'm six. If I, if I if I started school now, if I were you know. Entering entering first grade now they would not let me start. Well, now with the screening process is maybe not for a couple. Of years. Yeah, that's true. No, the screening process. <laughs> I started about eight. Start to no. be started five and then right. turned six in November. That's what they would do now. That's what they would do now. If so you started school now, you'd be the biggest kid in the class. <laughs> Hi oh. I've never liked <laughs> your dad's, the death stare. The death stare to Andy. Happy Father's Day. It took yeah, him a good. minute to get it. By the it. way, that, that was a huge compliment to you because unless Andy is comfortable, he does not talk. He just really? won't, he won't do well, it. Well, I have to talk. It's my job. Oh no! Oh, it's a tough gig. The big buck coercion. <laughs> I've told the story on the on the air too many times, but I'll tell Matt your your Disney story after after the oh. podcast. The way out. it's a magnificent story, but yeah. So it uh, yeah, Malcolm Gladwell. I love Malcolm Gladwell. He's a Canadian. He's awesome. Yeah, he really, is he Canadian or English? 
thought he was Canadian. He's kind of a weird-looking guy. He is. I mean, that's the pot calling the kettle black, but he is a weird-looking <laughs> Probably guy. English. Then. My favorite part of that book is actually the 10,000 hours rule. Yeah, the yeah. Beatles. Yeah, yeah, the Beatles, but so many other people that everybody always thinks people luck into whatever yeah. they do. Not and true. So, yeah, you were born, you know, in July and all that stuff. But I imagine you put in a little bit of work to I, actually make, you know, I Harvard. Have, I have cited the 10,000-hour rule to many Youth groups that I've that I've spoken yeah. to and yeah, talked about, you know, trying to trying to make their way and achieve their dreams. Absolutely, ten thousand hour rule. Yep. That's phenomenal. The Beatles. Most people think the Beatles came to the states and mm-hmm. quickly and had success it. instead of yeah. the what two years of playing eight like, gigs a week or something and like, like that. Eight hours long. Yeah. Oh. All all night. Malcolm Gladwell is half Jamaican and half British. Oh, he is half British, half Jamaican. But he grew up in Canada, didn't he? Yeah, he, yeah, he moved to Canada. He moved to Canada. Okay. Yeah, so he's uh, everything. He's always high and snotty. That's what that means. <laughs> that's exactly what it means. He's got I, bad uh, teeth. <laughs> one of the great thrills for me, uh, you know, the Vikings. The Vikings uh, first year, nineteen sixty-one. I was uh, I was nine years old. Good year. And in my life, I've interviewed. Oh, I would say five or six Minnesota Vikings who've won the Super Bowl. <clears throat> None as a Minnesota Viking, yeah. of course. <laughs> but you're Brad Johnson's. And by the way, it breaks my heart to see the, the shape that Brad's in now. Brad is one of my favorite people on earth, and now physically he's just... Is he really? Oh, his, his kid said, Dad, you walk just like Grandpa. I mean, I said, really, it's... Brad took a beating. I was at the game where he caught his own uh, pass yeah, and then scored that, a yeah. touchdown. That was fun. But it, he is one of the classiest guys you'd oh, no. ever want to know. And then there's Jeff Christie. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I love Jeff Christie. Don't get me wrong. But he's a completely different personality than Brad, Brad Johnson. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's a different kind of guy. Christie told me last time I talked to him, he said he bought 200 acres, uh, and he built this house right in the middle of it so nobody could bother him. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> Strategically built this house loner. in the middle. I, uh, at one time, and I don't know why I ever did this, but at one time I used to play racquetball with Gary Zimmerman. Oh, you were with that crew. Uh, uh, Dave Huffman, uh, Christie, and they would – and every time I played, because I was by far the smallest guy in there. I mean, these guys are huge guys. And Zimmerman thought it was hilarious the way he actually scored. He scored differently in racquetball. The way he scored points was to hit me in the back. And he did it every chance he got. And he, he, Gary Zimmerman, well, he's in the Hall of Fame now. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Tremendous player. Oh, yeah. Tremend- There's another guy I interviewed after he won a Super Bowl, not as a Viking, but, you know. But, yeah, he used to – he would smash the ball right in the middle of my back and then laugh. Well, that's like, not What a nice guy. Well, no, I actually – it was a great guy. He was a very nice guy. He just thought it was fun. But, yeah, I, I mean, bet that, you didn't. <laughs> Well, you know who else was in that group was uh, was uh, Mulaney. Mark Mulaney. Mark Mulaney. And then Malarkey. Yeah. He showed up. Mulaney, Malarkey. Where's, where's Malarkey now? Malarkey is... He's coaching... Is it Jacksonville? Uh, Andy. I can't remember. Was it so Steve or Mike Malarkey? What was Malarkey? What was Mark Malarkey's first name? I can't remember to save my life. It was one was of those... Steve Malarkey. Was Mike, maybe? Mike Malarkey. Mike Malarkey. Yeah. There's Mark Mullaney. <laughs> well, there was. Right, yeah. Yeah, it is it was Mike Mark, Malarkey. Mike See? Malarkey, Mark Mullaney. Yep. I mean, I, love it. <laughs> I just think God, it was like uh, unbelievable. And you wanted to know what? Where he's coaching? Where he's coaching. Where he's coaching Mal- now. Malarkey. Um, Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville. Oh, That's what I thought. You know you're NFL. Me, assistant coaches. He Another? had led the team to a dismal 2-14 record. Oh. He led the team? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. He led the team. <laughs> Who's the leader here? Um, you know, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I've been lucky enough over the years that the guys I, I did. One thing about the Vikings, don't you don't you agree in general that over the years, and maybe it's kind of because of Bud or whatever, but they do tend to have a better caliber of player as far as a human being is concerned than than a lot of teams. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, think so. yeah. No, I, there, there, there's a proud history there. I think. Uh, I mean, obviously, when I grew up here, so I, I was aware of it when I got right. there, and very honored to be. Um, a part of the team. I'll say this, and this is uh, very classy. A few days after the Super Bowl, Mark and Ziggy Wilf called me and congratulated me, and we had a nice chat, and I told them, I said, you know, the one thing that I didn't realize that I'm excited for you guys, because I do think that they are, they've got a, uh, they've got a handle on this ownership thing. You know, yeah. they, they know what they're doing. They're, they're putting a the winner out there. I said, 
the thing that I didn't understand or, or totally underestimated was when you win, the effect that it has on the city oh, or I the bet, state yeah, and how yeah. it brings everybody together. And it, it lasts. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a victory that has legs. You know, it, it doesn't last a few days. It goes. Right. I've been back to Baltimore a few times. I was back there last weekend. They still remember who won the Super Bowl out there. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, and, absolutely. And, 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 but, but just the way that the, that the whole – I mean, we, we had a victory parade. There was, they said, 250,000 people on the streets. They, oh, they basically flooded our, our stadium with people. They had to shut the gates. Like 90,000 people were in there to celebrate. You know, it's something that everybody can share in, and that's a, uh, that's a powerful thing. I can remember when the Twins won the World Series. Oh, going to the, phenomenal. I mean, I was a fifth grader, and go, going down I was on, on the KQ. street. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> For about well, 10 years. That was my, <laughs> no, was my second no, year. I know, I know. 87 was my second year. You were in fifth grade. Yeah, you, you, you get, you, school gets canceled. You get to yeah, go right, out and watch the parade. Right. I mean, that's like, that's like a, that's a slice of Americana right there. That's as good as it gets. Although, I think when the Vikings win the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. it will be a bigger deal than the Twins winning the World Series. I really believe that. Well, I'm holding out. I'm I'm just hoping the Vikings aren't the Chicago Cubs of football because oh. it's been 104 years since the last time the Cubs won the World Series. And again, I uh, I've been a Viking fan for 40. What is it? 42 years now? Something like that. I think it's 42. 52. Sorry. Oh, excuse me. 52. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely yeah. right. 52 years. Uh, yeah, you know, just maybe before I die. That'd be nice. Good idea. And by the way, let me point out that the Baltimore Ravens' first Super Bowl also won uh, by a coach who came from the Minnesota yes, Vikings. It's like, gee, <laughs> all these people that went on, like yourself and Zimmerman and uh, Brad Johnson and Jeff Christie and Brian. Why couldn't we just keep that all together? I was, I was, and I and uh, don't forget Tony Dungy. You got to mm-hmm. throw Tony Dungy in there yep. as well. A tremendous guy. Very classy guy who's got a great sense of humor. He he repeated the story. He couldn't tell the story. The way. Do you ever hear the uh, the uh, Cal Stoll story about Tony Dungy? Mm. Tony Dungy was a quarterback at the University of Minnesota back in the was it early seventies? Yeah, I think 70s, early seventies. Sometimes <laughs> Cal Stoll was uh, was the head coach at the time, and Tony Dungy was from uh, Ann Arbor, Michigan, or real close to where the University of Michigan plays football. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to play quarterback, and Michigan wouldn't let him play quarterback. So he came to Minnesota. So he could because Sandy Stevens had already been the quarterback. The first was he the first black quarterback in college, college Division One football? He might have been. Sandy Stevens might have been the first black yeah, quarterback. Google. <laughs> and he can Google, will you? But do something over there. Stop so talking. Start Googling. <laughs> I asked him. I, I just asked him, "Is that Cal Stall story true?" And he said, oh, yeah, and he started laughing. And, and it's a great story. Uh, and he cleaned it up for the air. But the, the real story is, uh, for you guys who don't watch college football, uh, Michigan has uh, 106,000 seats. Yeah, it's even around. bigger now. It's, it's yeah. even bigger yeah. now, yeah. But at the time, I think they had 106,000 seats in the Jeez. stadium. So the Gophers go to play Michigan at Michigan. Mm-hmm. And Cal Stahl, the head coach, says, Listen, you have to understand something. He's all fired up. You know, he's trying to fire the team up because Michigan's always been a better team than the University of Minnesota. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Except for 1960, 61. Not about the last time. So Cal, the head coach, Cal Stahl, says, what you have to understand is there are 106,000 assholes out there that want to see you guys get killed. And every one of those assholes is going to be really happy if you get beat badly. Do you understand that? 106,000 assholes out there want to see you lose. And Dungy says, uh, Coach. My parents are here. And there's a pause, and Cal Stahl said, there's 105,998 assholes. (laughs) 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 What a great story. Speaking of championship droughts, I mean, I I know the Gophers have won. But, I mean, not not in the modern era, if we could call it that. They were in the 40s and 50s. Well, that's something I would like to see, like in our lifetime, let them rise to national prom. I mean, if, if Wisconsin can do it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I understand. No, I, you're I understand right. We're not Alabama oh, yeah. or Florida, yeah. but what if Wisconsin can do it and Michigan can do it, why can't Minnesota do it? Because yeah. there's no commitment. They have no commitment to winning there, at least in men's sports. Women's sports, Are there's a sh- commitment. How do you know? Because when you compare what Michigan spends, what Penn State spends, what those schools mm-hmm. spend uh, across the board to promote their football program and to make the facility, the practice facility, the stadium. Uh, do I we mean, have the money oh, that God, Penn yes. State has? 
Absolutely. I mean, they must have endowments just for football. Well, they do, but but again, our our boosters don't really care about that because they know. Well, give you an example. When Glenn Mason was the head coach at the University of Minnesota, there was a meeting, and there was Tanya Moten. Oh, Browner. Tanya Moten Brown. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly right. I remember. She says, Coach, I have a question for She was like assistant athletic director, right? Yeah, something like that. In name only, maybe. But Tanya Moten Brown says, uh, in front of everyone, uh, she says, I have two questions for for Coach Mason and one for for John Anderson, who's a great coach at the University of Minnesota baseball team. Does a magnificent job. So he he wanted a new stadium, which he finally did get, uh-huh. raised the money himself to build it. So John Anderson, she asked John Anderson, why can't you just play at the women's softball stadium? Mm-hmm. The fences are 215 feet. Oh. That's going to be a problem. Uh, excellent question. <laughs> Great question. So, yeah, you're going to have a problem there. And then she turns to Glenn Mason and says, uh, I have a question for you about the academics, the academics on your football team. Why can't your players – do as well as say the women's golf team <laughs> really yeah yeah absolutely because you're gonna get a bunch of ghetto dwelling <laughs> thugs from the, from the south yeah they're gonna do as well as a bunch of you know basically country you're talking club. country club yeah, yeah. yeah. country club white well, girls it's just proof that there's no dumb questions just dumb people <laughs> well, that's very very <laughs> true Once again. it just this is making you revved up for football season i can tell but see that would never that would never happen at Penn State or Michigan. A question like that would never be asked because they'd say, don't ask any questions. Well, the Midwest sensibility <laughs> is to share and it is to not spend money when you don't have to, isn't it? I mean, but it really is. Have to. But isn't Wisconsin in the Midwest? Yeah. It's in Michigan, Ohio State, aren't they in the Midwest? Oh, shut up. <laughs> there you go with your Harvard logic. That's stupid logic again. Okay, Minneapolis. Let's say just say Minneapolis. If they, if they made me, I, I would model myself after Wisconsin because we're not Michigan, we're not Ohio State. Right, no, I, I, agree. I, I wasn't good enough yep. to go to the University of Minnesota. <laughs> What? I had to settle on, on Harvard. Yeah, you had to settle. Which yeah. I'm asking the same questions as you are. Like, they had football at Harvard? Yeah, they did. Um, but no, I was going to say, so Wisconsin built their program by, they, they went out, there's a lot of pride in the state of Wisconsin, in the University of Wisconsin. So they went out and got kids from Wisconsin, hardworking right. guys, they, right. they, 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 their, their brand of football that they play. You know, they go get these, a lot of guys from outstate Wisconsin, big old farm boys who love to, love to lift weights and are big and strong. Put those guys in the offensive line. Mm-hmm. They pounded people with the running game, mm-hmm. you know, way back with, with Ron Dane. And, and, and they, they built their offense around running the football, about playing a physical brand of football. And then you attract, you start to attract more skilled players. Right. You know, na- nationally, you're ranked every year. People then, then want to come to your school. Then you kind of, yeah. you kind of recruit right. yourself a, a little bit. Um, Minnesota's never taken that philosophy. Yeah. We always seem to hire these guys who think that they can go down to Florida and Texas and convince these top flight recruits to come up to Minnesota for the winter. Like, <laughs> is it that, it's a little yeah. flawed logic right there. <laughs> and that might yeah. not work. We can't yeah. seem to keep these great players from Minnesota in Minnesota. If I see one more kid go to Notre Dame or wherever else, yeah. it's like, God. But it's just because there's, there's just no – there's not a lot of, like, city – I mean, and there's a lot going on here. We have four professional teams as well, but there's not – just the Gophers just have not been that good for so long that right. kids grow up and you're not a you're not a Gopher fan, so there's no there's allegiance to stay. That's very true. Uh, and, and for, you know, again, Catherine be, – what he meant by let's use Wisconsin rather than, say, Michigan or Ohio State. Ohio State and Michigan, well, Ohio State now, not so much Michigan. There is a brand of – you can get skilled players, but really good linemen and really good defensive players will will not even go to Wisconsin. Some will, but not a lot. Not like, like Alabama. Mm-hmm. They have the best defensive players out there. They have the best O-linemen. Right. That's why they win because everybody can get skilled players, right? I mean, maybe not top echelon, but skilled players to me are easier to get than a good, than a good uh, offensive lineman, defensive lineman, or or defensive players in general. In college football, you can just line up and just beat the crap out of right. the, the team across me. If you're just right. bigger, stronger, uh-huh. then I mean, and that that can happen. Yeah, it mm-hmm. doesn't really happen that often in the NFL. It's all pretty evenly matched. But right. if you can. If you can get the linemen, if you can develop that, that that you can certainly out physical a lot of teams. I mean, mm-hmm. Alabama, they're gonna 
they're just going to step on the field and you know beat eight or nine teams a year, and then it always comes down right. to when they play LSU and Florida, and yes. where those teams are evenly matched. But they're just yeah, they just have a higher caliber of of uh, of, of big guy there, and they're just going to you know football it starts and starts with physicality, and, uh, and they're just going to beat you up, and that's how they're going to win win the game. It was so funny. I guess probably it might have been. I can't remember if it was your rookie year. You had been there a year or two. I had never been down on the field for a Viking game. So finally they said, well, why don't you come down to the field and stand on the sidelines and, and watch a game? And I want to I ask you the question about going from Harvard to the NFL. Because I remember standing on the sidelines going, holy Christ, are these guys fast. As yeah. big as you are. The speed people don't understand how fast you guys are. They don't get that well, at all. The, the, the other guys, not me. Those other guys. Those other guys. But I, you know, I got to be very honest with you, and I can't. I can't even remember who it was, but uh, you guys ran a sweep, a sweep left, and I was standing on the sidelines, and the guys came around the corner. Were they coming at you? Coming you at got me. Got a little nervous. I had a little pee stain. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> like holy Christ, those guys. I mean, you're talking about guys who are six four, six five, three hundred pounds, who are blazing. They're moving. Yeah, yeah, I remember Glenn Mason let us oh. go down on the on where were we? We were in uh, Florida, the we micro the, te- micro cell or micro tell. What's that? It was at the, the old <laughs> stadium. The old, uh, oh, the one in Fort Lauderdale. What what is the one? Uh, it was old where the Marlins used to play. Yeah, it was a bowl. Pro Player Stadium. That's yeah. what it was called. And he gave, he was giving us all that. No, it wasn't. No, it we was close. The guy, it was the. <laughs> Well, they changed it about a hundred times they every, every no, five they minutes. Did. Anyway, we got these passes and we went down there, and same th- those guys came running, and oh. I was like, I was like looking at like all the stuff that was going on. I wasn't really watching <laughs> the game. I'm like, man, this is a big stadium, wow! And all of a sudden, I hear like buffalo thundering. <laughs> I look thundering up and I'm like, shit! <laughs> I better I was, get out of here. I always get all distracted by the one player that's out because there's always music. Mm, yeah. Because I'll go down when they're like warming up and stuff. And there's always music and there's always one like in the corner just like dancing. And I always just watch him. <laughs> watch that Dance. Going on. There's always uh, one. That's, that's only when Jared Allen's not on the field. Right? Yeah. There's, but they don't. I can't watch Jared Allen because he's on the other end because they make you stand on the. No, that's right. Yeah. yeah they do. They yeah. make you stand on the opponent. Yeah. So I can't watch huge. anybody that I yeah, that's very have true. a yeah. deep passion. Yeah. You put all those pads on you guys and yeah. Very large, large. and scary. So yeah. you you're 21, just about turned 22 when you hit the NFL. Did did you have any idea that the jump in ability would go from from college to the NFL that it's that big a jump? I mean, I, I knew it'd be a jump, but it's kind of like it's kind of like saying, okay, you're gonna go to. You're going to go to space tomorrow. And you're like, okay, it's going to be an adjustment. Yeah. I have no idea what it means, but I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, yes, it was a little different back then. I mean, nowadays it's so – I mean, from about the day you're drafted, they get you and you're there all off season. Right, it was different. Right. You know, it was kind of got drafted, and then they said, all right, we'll see you in a month or two for mini camp, and showed up, and I just couldn't believe – even meetings and everything. Everything was just going so fast. And I mean, when I walked in there the first day, I was a huge Vikings fan. I walk in, and there's there's Chris Carter and John Randall and Robert Smith and yeah. – I'm like, man, would it be inappropriate to ask for autographs right now? These <laughs> guys are awesome. Yeah. But, you know, go through meetings, all of a sudden, next thing I know, we're on the field and we're doing stuff. And you, you just kind of, everything's just a blur. You don't, I don't know what's going on. And we get to a team period and they throw me in there. And here it is. I'm going to John Randall. First play ever. Oh, my God. Jeez. John Randall. I'm like, okay. Great. I'm like, here it is. I'm digging. I'm like, all right, you know, I got to I gotta prove that Harvard, you know, I belong. I got to prove I belong. I'm John Rand, I'm going to lock this guy down. And, no swim move on me. I mean, I, I, I sat back, and I, you know, I still remember, and I threw my hands to punch him, and I just, he was there, and I punched, and he was gone. Like, I did not touch him. Nothing. That's Johnny. And he know. went around, and, and he, Brad Johnson's quarterback, and he went and walked, ran by Brad, you know, it's practice it's no pads you don't obviously don't hit the quarterback he just walked by and he slapped slapped brad on the butt and he was laughing that sinister (laughs) laugh he had the whole time oh yeah yeah and i was just like oh man i got no chance i'm i'm done like there's no way i'll be able to to do it how much did your foot and hand work improve in the nfl compared to harvard and how quickly because that's the thing that i think you know at the college level and obviously a phenomenal college in Harvard, but that's what they say. I mean, that's what the average fan hears that the footwork and the handwork of a lineman in the NFL is 
amazing the development that if it doesn't happen you're done you're done it's i mean it it all comes down to fundamentals yeah you have to master the fundamentals of any position and probably of anything in life to be really successful i mean every great player i played with the thing that made them great was they were masters of the fundamentals and it's all hands and feet when you're talking about line playing the nfl in college especially i was 300 pounds at harvard i mean i could basically i didn't need to have real sound technique Mm -hmm. in order to win my battle and, and dominate my guy but in the NFL, everybody's big and strong and fast, and you right. have to you have to have better technique. So, and it's something I always say: your your game is like it, it's never a finished product. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like it's like golf. You know, somebody's got you play golf, and you're just awesome. You know, and <laughs> you drive the ball. The next day, you go out there, and you you can't hit the fairway. It's just you work on it yeah. every single yeah. day. You watch every practice, every game. You watch it. You correct it. I could have done this better. I missed with this and. And um, it's just it, that's what it is. That's what it is, and uh, you just you, you chase perfection every day. And golf is a great example of the ten thousand hour rule because how many oh, yeah. people do we all know oh, yeah. that go out and golf four times a year and they can't believe they're not breaking ninety? How's <laughs> that possible? There was a, a guy who you may have mentioned during this interview <laughs> um, ten twelve years ago. There was a new linebacker that came came on the Vikings. And the, the kid, to me, he had size, he had speed, he had everything, it seemed to me. I said, man, that guy's going to be a star. And my friend said, no, he's not. I said, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? Look at him. I mean, he's a, he's a perfect specimen. Said, yeah, he is. Physically, he's perfect, man. He's unbelievable. But he's got no chance to last more than three or four years. He said, I guarantee you he will not be in the league five years from now. And I said, why? And he looked at me and said, He's stupid. And I don't think people understand that NFL players cannot be stupid because they won't make it, right? Can't some of them be stupid? Some of them are <laughs> well, stupid. Well, <laughs> I mean, you can be stupid in other areas of your life. Right? <laughs> right. You can make bad it seems decisions. like there's yeah, a lot right. of stupidity. Yeah. I just came I'm up, say it. I just came up with like cute. seven, but I'm like, I'm pretty sure that they're stupid. No, it, it is a uh, – I think, I think the complexity of the game, it, it's it's complex. What you need to do is you need to take these these concepts, these these systems – and, you know, the, the playbooks are this thick, you know, like a phone book. That, well, the offensive ones, the defensive ones are one page. And they're just a picture <laughs> of the football, and they say, go get it. <laughs> no. Don't call it a miracle. These clips knew exactly what they were doing the whole time on the Best of the Tom Bernard podcast. Brought to you by Brad John Bryant. Great clips this week from Carl Eller and Matt Burke. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week. Skull Vikings! Bring it home, boys. Bring it home.